Next on BYU Sports Nation, four games, four at all. Is it make or break for BYU Hoops at-large tourney chances in the next four? BYU has two of the top 20 offensive linemen in the country returning for 2020. What that means for Cougar football. Plus, which BYU football game was the best game in the 2019 season? ESPN had their say. How about you? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hope you're enjoying your Tuesday, January 21st, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy who celebrated another BYU volleyball sweep by... Going home and having a hearty cheeseburger, Jerem Jordan. It's typically Taco Bell, but uh, for your boy Andy Reid, it, uh, it was a cheeseburger. In fact, Chiefs reporter B.J. Kissel tweeted the following after the AFC Championship win regarding Andy Reid talking about how he celebrated, quote, I had a cheeseburger and went to bed. Classic Andy Reid. I guarantee you had bacon on that. More on that coming up later. Yeah, there yeah. has to be some bacon. It has it's, to be at least a bacon cheeseburger. You'd think. By the way, nice T-shirt. Jerem is rocking a Tech Mobile throwback Seattle Seahawks helmet. Uh, yeah, Seahawks stink in uh, Tech Mobile. <laughs> you want to be like the Niners or the Bills or the Raiders or just get Bo Jackson. <laughs> yeah, Christian Okoye was incredible as well. Yeah, I don't know yeah. who is it. Dave Craig. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he was so bad. They have nobody. Just, Steve Largent, all, right? All, yeah, Steve Largent was amazing. But that's about <laughs> it. Yeah. I want to play Tecmo. We need to work that into today's schedule. It's been a long we time. We have Tecmo Super Bowl. It's been a long in time. In our office. Yes. Don't tell the brass. Here is today's show lineup. Steve Cleveland, former BYU basketball head coach, on what the next four games mean for BYU's NCAA tournament chances. Plus, buy, sell, or hold. Is BYU basketball still worthy of a single-digit seat in the NCAA tournament? Do they pass bracketology ecclesiastical? We'll break it down. And why Ant-Man is a huge fan of Dirty Dan. All coming up. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. ESPN College Basketball Insider Joe Lunardi revealed his updated bracketology this morning. And he still has BYU as a 10 seed. So one spot out of a single digit spot. Now facing number 7 seed LSU. Gonzaga, not surprisingly, remains a 1 seed. While the Gales of St. Mary's. Taken 11 seed, three WCC teams remain a solid possibility for the first time since 2012. In a list of the top college football offensive linemen, Pro Football Focus ranks center James Empey as the 10th best returning offensive lineman in the country. Wow. And the 20th best is left tackle Brady Christensen. As a group, the Cougars graded out as the 12th best O-line in 2019. What does all this mean? More on this in What's Trending. Kyle Collinsworth and the Salt Lake City Stars, 112-111. Mr. Triple-Double doing his usual thing, 11 points, 12 rebounds, 5 assists. Didn't quite get the triple-double, but you know what I mean. So is he Mr. Double-Double in the G League? Sure. Yeah, he's, yeah. I'm thinking of cheeseburgers. I'm thinking of double. I'm hungry now. Mm-hmm. And the men's volleyball team stays at number two in the ABCA poll this week behind Hawaii. Cougars play at number five, UC Irvine, Wednesday and Friday. Kind of a weird schedule. Uh, we're going to talk to a former Anteater basketball player on the show, by the way. Uh-huh. Steve Cleveland. Yes, yes we are. He played at UCI. Are his emotions torn? Is he torn? No, <laughs> he doesn't even know they play. 
All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. On to the next for BYU basketball, which just so happens to open a critical four-game West Coast Conference stretch at Pacific, at San Francisco. Then BYU comes home to Pepperdine. And finally, the rematch with St. Mary's in what will be a raucous Marriott Center on February 1st. So that's three quad two games and one quad three game for the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee to pay very close attention to. And who knows how many of those games Yoli Childs will play in. Jerem, does BYU need to go 4-0 and in the next four games to ensure that at-large bid? I didn't ensure it's the key word here. Uh, probably. Yeah, three quad twos and one quad three. Uh, I think this is really important. BYU is playing two quad twos this week. If BYU can take care of business, uh, I feel good about BYU looking good on the right side of the team sheet. The right side is where the Q3 and the Q4s are. Right now, BYU looks good. They look good in the uh, Q3s and Q4s. They have yet to lose in those, and uh, BYU has played uh, six quad ones right now, two and four. That's that's solid. Uh, one and two versus the quad two. Hopefully BYU can add to that distinction and uh, keep going. If BYU goes 4-0, and oh, that means they beat St. Mary's as well. That's another good win on the resume. Um, and that will matter on Selection Sunday. I don't know that they need to go 4-0, but probably. Yeah, they don't need to go 4-0 to ensure an NCAA tournament bid. 3-1. and one. Still January. 3-1, and one. yes. It's really early. Also, BYU has done some things. It's not like BYU is without solid victories or solid resume material. And thankfully, Houston and Virginia Tech are helping BYU out right now. Yeah. Utah State's not helping BYU much. Utah State stinks now. Uh, so the Aggies need to start winning some games. But 3-1. and, one. and Any combination of 3-1, and one, Jerem, other than the one loss being to Pepperdine at home. BYU can afford a quad two conference road loss, not a quad three conference home loss. So if BYU loses at Pacific or San Francisco, then I start to feel like St. Mary's is a must win at home. BYU's got to go three and one in the next four to feel good about it. And they can't have the one loss be to Pepperdine at home. They've avoided the quad three loss thus far. Avoid that just as long as you go three and one and avoid a quad three home loss. It'd be nice to feel like BYU's in and go into Selection Sunday and not think, oh, are we in? If BYU goes 4-0, and we continue to feel how we feel now, which is BYU's in. It's not oh, a think, question. I think right BYU now, is a lock, Jerem. If BYU goes 4-0, I think they're a lock for the NCAA. Yeah, it'd be nice to feel like BYU's in and not be nervous on Selection Sunday. It's, it's funny. So sometimes the team would come watch the Selection Show in our, uh, in our Studio C. Uh, you know, we'd pull down the screen. If they thought they might not get in, they wouldn't come. I want BYU to be in Studio C, meaning they think they're in. Oh, yeah. Like, like, it's a guarantee. It'd be nice to go into Vegas and be the two seed and feel like, you know what? We're probably in regardless. But let's win this semi, go to Tuesday, watch Gonzaga do their thing, and then we go into the tourney next week. Yeah. I'm with you. It's still a little bit early to say, oh, they've got to go 4-0 to ensure. It's a little dramatic. No. BYU's in a good spot right now. They're barely a 10. Like, they've been a 9. They're a 10. Joe Lenardi explained BYU's a 10 because of Sunday play. Yeah. Now, if BYU were one of the last four teams in, then I would feel differently about this. They've got to buy. Right. They're not they've hanging on. They've got to buy at this point. 3-1. Yeah. 3-1. Yeah. But, but keep going to avoid that, like, oh, sure. shoot, we're sitting on the fence. Now, now, now BYU has done a good job 
um, of, of this season taking care of business. But recently, not so much when it comes to this particular road trip and opponents coming up, which is our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU has not gone undefeated in a season against the trio of San Francisco, Pepperdine, and Pacific. Those are the next three games, not in that order. Pacific, San Francisco, Pepperdine. Since 2011, okay. which is the only time the league has had three bids while BYU has been mm-hmm. And Pacific wasn't in the WCC that particular <laughs> that year. into it as well. Right. So BYU, <laughs> it's an important stretch. It really is. This, this week, and it's without Yoli Childs and... Will Yoli Childs return next week? We hope. Beat the Tigers. Huge quad two road games coming up this week. Go Tigers. Topic two. Pro Football Focus has given the BYU offensive line some notoriety recently. We just mentioned 12th best offensive line in the country. Two players in the top 20 okay. returning in college football. Mm-hmm. Line, and James Empey and Brady Christensen. So, Spencer, what does this mean? It means Pro Football Focus is telling us that... The offensive line at BYU is probably the strongest position group coming back to play for the Cougars in 2020. Probably. But how much stock do we put into pro football focus and lot. their metrics for offensive linemen? I put a lot. It's worth something, right? Yeah. It also means that BYU is going to have an offensive lineman or two drafted into the NFL Yay. for the first time in roughly 15 years. It's been a long time. It's been a really long time. Uh, so when James Empey and Brady Christensen are due to be drafted – those guys could get the call. It's crazy. BYU used to consistently put offensive linemen into the NFL in the 80s and 90s. It's just gone Back when BYU was dry. the football. It is a drought. It's been a drought. So this is a nice change. And, Jerem, to me, it means BYU is going to win at least seven games on next year's schedule. That's what that means. Having Woo, a good seven offensive wins, line- baby! Hey. Hey, Woo, let's go! A lot of people think BYU is going to have a losing record next year because the schedule is daunting and it's it's way too hard. They're not going to a bowl game. BYU is going to win at least seven games next year because they have a solid offensive line. Hey, Sweet. it's worth something. It's worth something. Yes. I mean, what does I it am, mean to you? I'm pumped. What does it mean to you? I think BYU underachieved. If this is reality, if BYU does have the twelfth best offensive line in the country last year and returns two top twenty offensive linemen. Then why did BYU what what BYU didn't take advantage of this then? Well, their offensive line didn't give up 38 points to Hawaii. Rushing offense, 68th in the country. Yards per carry, 62nd. Okay, foot, just a couple numbers. Football Outsiders produces advanced offensive line metrics because okay. I don't I don't know how to grade the O line. I have no idea. I'm going to rely on experts, right on that. Uh, BYU ranked 42nd in line yards. That's how much an O line affects a rush given the yardage gained. Okay, 42nd in standard down line yards as well. 45th in pass down line yards. So just good, but not great, right? 16th in opportunity rate. That's the percentage of carries when four yards are available to gain at least four yards. So many numbers. 94th in power success rate. Percentage of downs on 34th, two two yards or less. That achieved a first down or touchdown. So BYU was not good in that. Those numbers tell me that BYU wasn't that good in some of them. Listen, so what is pro football focusing compared to this metric? I don't know. I don't know. I, if BYU was that good of an offensive line, why did they only rush for 101 yards against Toledo? Why did BYU only rush for 79 yards against because Tyson Washington? Because Tyson Williams was hurt. That's why. Against Washington. He, he got 70, hurt in halftime. 79 yards against Washington. He's hurt in the first half. So we're all in on one dude. Sweet. Yes. That's why we go seven and six. We're <laughs> yes. all in on one dude. Can we recruit more than one dude then? Like what? What if BYU's O line is that good? Why is why was BYU seven and six? Well, CLA Fino got hurt what's too. What's the issue? 
Is it the running backs? Is it the play calling? Is it quarterback decision making? It's obviously some part of all of this. But what does it mean? It, it means the BYU underachieved. If BYU's actually got the 12th best O line last year, seven and six is unacceptable. You're putting it on the offensive line? They didn't throw interceptions that were returned for touchdowns on multiple occasions. They didn't make those, they didn't give up an absurd then, amount of points then, in the bowl game. Then discredit the numbers, though. No, no, I'm crediting the numbers to like BYU is that close to going nine and four, or that close to going five and seven, right? So we regress to the mean seven and six. It's not all on the offensive line. I'm not. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying. Wait, why did? Why wasn't BYU better then if they have this amazing offensive line? Well, you got to give them a little bit of leeway. I think BYU's line was good. Their twelfth best. Wow. When their star running back gets hurt. Like it just takes time to adjust. You're in a funk. You got to get out of that. Yeah. Well, With luckily the, the schedule wasn't hard, and BYU could just. <laughs> Speaking of the schedule. Seven wins, yay! Speaking of the schedule and seven wins, on to topic three. ESPN ranked two of BYU's games in the 2019 college football season as top 100 games. USC at BYU, number 93. And BYU at Tennessee, number 92. Join with us, won't you, BYU Sports Nation, in a live poll by going to vote.byutv.org and answering the following question. What was the best game of the 2019 BYU football season. Not win, per se, best game. Jeremy, what do you got? Why would we pick a loss? Uh, it's, the home, it's the home game of USC. Coming off the Tennessee win, BYU plays in front of a big crowd on ABC. Afternoon game, USC is ranked. Skycam! Overtime again. BYU dropped eight most of the game, plus three. Those interceptions, great catch by Dax Milne. For the touchdown, everyone's like, who's Dax Milne? Now you know who he is. Zach Wilson's best win at BYU, in my opinion, against USC as well. A ranked win, a team that beat Utah later, yeah. A field storm at Cougar Stats. USC had four ties and three lead changes. No one led by more than seven points. It didn't have the extended periods of offensive ineptitude the Tennessee game had. I think it's down to the two that ESPN identified in Tennessee and USC. I could see the argument for Boise State, although it's really wet. Uh, in that one, the fan experience was lesser oh, in yeah. person. It wasn't but as exciting. It was, it was USC to me. That was just incredible. The excitement factor plays into how ESPN ranks these, and I'm with ESPN. I'm going Tennessee one spot above USC. The Rocky Top Revival. Yes, it there was, was anemic offense for a lot of the game, but how that game finished was absolutely bonkers. Wilson to Simon. Insane finish in regulation. Oldroyd makes the field goal after Wilson finds Simon for the 64-yard miracle down the sideline. Not one overtime, two overtimes. Tyson Williams and the entire BYU offensive line walk it off in front of 93,000 fans. Amazing road win. BYU's first road win in the Eastern time zone against a team that finished with a winning record in 25 years it is Tennessee. Vote.byutv.org to tell us what you think in our live poll. What, what are the numbers right now, guys? <laughs> it's a good question. I think we should just go vote, right? So it's Ooh, pretty it's even. neck and neck. It's, it's pretty even. It's neck and neck. Well, now it's not. USC's okay. blowing it up. At Tennessee, the, the road yeah. win factor for me just inches out over USC just because BYU doesn't beat good teams on the road in the Eastern time zone. It doesn't happen in how they did it. Yeah. It was a miracle. No one voted for Toledo in this. Really weird. <laughs> <laughs> or South Florida. Our question Those of the day. Stunk. 
As you answer on vote.byutv.org, you can also answer on social media. What was the best game of the 2019 BYU football season? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At BYU Forever answers on Twitter. Wins against Boise State and Utah State. Really? Considering wins against USC and Tennessee? Best game? What? Those would be league games if BYU was in the Mountain West. Yes, those are are fun wins, but like best game. I mean, just like excitement factor. Overall college football experience game. The first half against UMass? Oh, boy. (laughs) He continues, BYU peaked then, but it was at a crucial time in the schedule. BYU needed those rivalry wins. I I disagree. I think BYU peaked at 2-1. Nationally, BYU, people were talking about BYU. Oh, absolutely. After beating Boise, Tennessee and USC. Boise State was a nice win, no doubt. But guess what? That game finished at like midnight mountain. No one was talking about that game because everyone had gone to bed. It was just too late. Yeah. And then Utah State was whatever. It like, was the ra- That was like, the rally that, the troops. Yeah. Third string quarterback. Two and like, four. Kalani's not going to get renewed. That yeah. was BYU's best win, in my opinion. Yeah. Not the most exciting yeah. game or not the no, best game. The team that finished ranked. USC got blown out in the bowl game against Iowa. Otherwise, USC would have been finished ranked and higher than Boise State. And we, it would have been easy to say, no, 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 that's the best win. Hashtag BYUSN, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, buy, sell, or hold. BYU going 3-0 in the next three basketball games. How about 4-0? Because we discussed that as well. Steve Cleveland, the former head basketball coach, will join us. Does BYU have to win the next four to ensure their tournament status? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us tonight, BYU basketball with Mark Pope, the coach, and Colby Lee sit down with Gregor Bell, plus a brand new Deep Blue featuring assist coach Chris Burgess and his journey from turning down BYU to becoming a coach. Watch it on the BYU TV app at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific tonight. Live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play, I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is former BYU basketball head coach, friend of the program, Steve Cleveland. Coach, welcome back to the show, and welcome back while BYU basketball is currently a 10-seed, according to Joe Lenardi. Isn't it fun to be back in the conversation? Yeah, absolutely. This has been a fun team to watch play, and uh, they've earned that. I mean, they, they've had big wins, they, and when you watch them, you can watch teams and go, you know what, that looks like an NC2A team. And so they've, they've done a lot of good things up to this point. There's still work to be done. But, uh, yeah, it's fun to see them uh, uh, being talked about nationally. Hopefully BYU's in, right? And they are in right now, and they have some work to do, certainly, to ensure that. But do you have a specific seed that you prefer – where BYU is at kind of right now, 7 through 10. Because I would argue that 8-9 is not ideal. You're playing a similarly matched team, but you have to play a one seed. I would think 7 or even 10 might be better if BYU has that opportunity. No, I don't think there's any question. I mean, when I was coaching, we were like – one year we were 11 seed, but we were 12 seed. Uh, I always liked that. That's where all, all the upsets happen at the 12 seed. <laughs> right. But, but, but you know, it's, it's one of those things that uh, – Coaches don't get too caught up in that. I mean, you, you want to be in the tournament, and certainly the better seed, the, you know, the better it is for you and, and, and the possibility of upsetting somebody or getting to the second round. Um, you know, it, it's matchups. You, you never know. Right now, I think uh, ESPN has them as a 10th seed. Everybody's got them. But right now, I think they're right around the 10th seed. And that, that could get better depending on uh, 
games against Gonzaga, St. Mary's, and, and finishing things out against teams they should beat. This week is obviously a big week for them, but uh, in, in terms of winning on the road, because that's an important thing to seeding as well. Uh, you know, I, 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 I think I'm really comfortable with where they are right now in terms of a seed, but I'm like you. I, I like the 10, 11, and 12. I, I think there's just more opportunities for upsets. Um, I remember as, as, a, as a coach, uh, we played three former national championship teams in Cincinnati, UConn, and Syracuse after they won championships, <laughs> and they were the five. They were the five seed. But you know what? In two of those games, you know, we had a chance in the last minute to win. So the twelve-five, uh, I've kind of uh, because that was my experience. I know there's opportunities for upsets, but anything better would be saved. It's just going to be evidence that they really had a good year, and uh, there's a lot of respect for BYU's program right now nationally. Steve Cleveland, former BYU basketball head coach, BYU basketball analyst with us on BYU Sports Nation. All right, Coach, Jeremy and I were just talking about the next four games for BYU at Pacific, at San Francisco, both quad two road games. Then BYU comes home to Pepperdine, and, of course, on February 1st, a much-anticipated home showdown with St. Mary's in the rematch there. Does BYU need to go 4-0 and in the next four to feel comfortable about ensuring their at-large tournament chances? Well, they'll, they'll definitely be a lot more comfortable, a lot more confident if they do that. I think the, the focus this week, playing against two teams that are both pretty good defensively, Pacific and San Francisco, um, in Pacific especially where BYU has gone there and kind of had a hiccup or two, but they – Pacific matches up with BYU in, the, in that they've got big guards. They're all 6'4", 6'5". Uh, Tripp is a guy that can kind of go off on you and is capable of scoring as he did against St. Mary's in that quadruple overtime win. That's kind of a, a scary place to go in, in, in terms of, of Pacific College because it, it's one of those things where they, they've won a lot of games. They had a soft preseason schedule, but they are, they're way more confident than any other UOP teams BYU has played in the last three or four years. And winning at Pepperdine and Portland may not seem like a big deal, but any time you've got a program that you're trying to finally turn the corner and they went on the road, that means they've got some confidence. They've got some upperclassmen guards that uh, much like BYU does. And they beat St. Mary's in four overtimes. So uh, this is a dangerous team. And if BYU goes in there and plays well and wins there, that trip to San Francisco is going to be much, much easier. But uh, San Francisco's not the same team they were last year, but they do present a few issues with size. I mean, they've got 6'10", 6'11", 6'8", 6'7". They've got size, and at home, uh, you can score easy baskets on misses. So they have to be ready. I mean, this coaching staff knows that both Pacific and USF, if they don't come ready and prepared to play, that they can lose at these places. And, uh, and, and in teams that have proven that they can win big games in the preseason as well as conference play. So uh, it would be great if they could go 2-0 and here, even a 1-1 one and one if you split this trip. I don't think it's going to hurt their NC2A uh, seating. Yeah, they'd still be in. They'd just be slipping towards kind of the sitting on the fence area, right? Yoli Childs right. has been out with the, com- the, uh, the compound dislocation of his finger. Uh, it's healing. He warmed up and shot at Gonzaga. Some thought maybe he'd play. He did not. Do you think BYU can get through this week without him and then try and get him back for, say, St. Mary's? Well, they're going to get through either way, um, with or without him. But I do believe that it would be a lot better if he was playing. And, uh, and I'm sure the, co- the coaching staff would like that. It's certainly, it's, uh, you know, Kobe Lee has, has done some good things. Um, 
in terms of filling in and, and relocating from, you know, in the post play to his little jump hook. He's, he's an intangible guy, great effort, great toughness, those kinds of things. Uh, but he plays a big role there. But I, I think that not having Yoli, uh, it, it puts a little more pressure on the guards. And I, I, I'd, I'd like to see Toulson kind of get back to where he's posting up and going inside and looking for those kind of mismatches uh, because they, they can't afford to go in there and have a bad three-point shooting night in either place. And without Yoli, without that 20-a-night guy knowing you're going to get that, it does put more pressure on the guards. But, hey, they've done a lot of good things without Yoli. So it's, I, this is a really confident group. And, yes, they'd love to have Yoli. Everybody would love to have Yoli on the floor. But the mindset of this team, and especially those, senior, those two senior guards, uh, I don't think they feel like there's any place they can't go and win at home or on the road. Coach, let's say Yoli Childs returns for Pepperdine and St. Mary's, doesn't play this week. Is BYU on track, in your opinion, to finish in second place in the West Coast Conference and take that double bye into the semifinals in Las Vegas? This week will be really important. Uh, I see these two games on the road. I even see the really difficult place to go is Pepperdine. And uh, we're kind of sleeping on Pepperdine because they're not playing. You know, they haven't won a lot of games and everything, but they've got that same team they had last year. And when they're at home, you guys know, you've watched this for a long time, Pepperdine on the road is not going to be an easy task. But I I think the toughness, I think the maturity, I think the chemistry of this team is such that they can travel on the road and win these kind of games. But those are – those are the games that are really, really important. It's not going to be a problem. You know, I believe that BYU will beat St. Mary's at home. I think that they'll shoot the ball better, and there will be 20,000 people there. <laughs> uh, I don't think winning or losing against Gonzaga really makes a difference. I think you beat Gonzaga at home, you're a lock for whatever you want in the NC2A tournament. But they do definitely need to beat St. Mary's at home and take care of business this week. If they do those two things, then they're, they're obviously going to have a, a, a 7, 8, 9, 10 seed and be in a really, really good position. It's been fun to see uh, Andy Reid get to the Super Bowl. A lot of former players and coaches right with him, fellow uh, NFL guys, excited for him. I wanted to ask you about your relationship when you were the men's basketball coach at BYU with the football coach here. You had Lavelle Edwards for several years. You then had uh, Gary Croton. What was it like in terms of uh, interacting and cheering on the other guy in their sport? You know, that was one of the things I'd never really experienced. I mean, I'd been to a couple of games where I traveled and watched a football game at BYU, but getting a chance to know Lavelle and his wife and uh, to have them kind of reach out to Kip and I and uh, and talk. We didn't really talk about the sports and the teams and those kind of things. We just talked about finding a balance in our life and our family. And uh, he talked about how, how that <laughs> – how crazy that community can be sometimes. And, and Wait, what? Uh, he said, how crazy that and he goes, he says, you know what? They love, they love BYU. They lo- you got to understand their love and passion. And, and I'd never really been in a setting like that, even as a player playing at Irvine, uh, where there was such passionate fans. And so a lot of the really good things that Lavelle and Patty shared with Kip and I were about just, you know, be yourself and uh, take care of the things off the court that need to be taken care of and uh, enjoy the experience and, and the ride and just find that balance. And I can remember Lavelle talking, you've got to have a balance in your life here. Otherwise, this can get really difficult. And, and you know, Gary, 
both Dave, Dave Rose and I went out, and I remember going out and visiting Gary when he was in Chicago and meeting him at his uh, practice facility, and we spent a kind of a day going to the Bulls facilities. But it was fun to get to talk to Gary and his excitement and love for BYU. And, uh, and there were some challenging times, and, and I got a chance to be a little bit of the mentor when things were kind of unraveling a little bit. And, uh, and I, I think our staff had been there long enough and had kind of seen how this could be done. And so I felt, always kind of felt a connection to Gary and, and some, of the things, some of the challenges that he faced. But uh, both great people, good people, and you always pull them for them. By the way, that trip to Chicago was a pretty good one. Uh, Dave and I went to the practice facility, but that night we got a chance to watch Sammy Sosa play against the Cubs oh. and check a little bit of White Sox action. So it was a full day of sports, but I didn't want to leave Chicago without watching Sammy Sosa in batting practice. And, uh, <laughs> and he hit about eight or nine out, so it was worth it was worth the trip. But that was a fun trip for Dave and I. And luckily it wasn't on steroids. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, oh, he, probably, he probably was. <laughs> Steve Cleveland with us on BYU Sports Nation. Coach, you brought up uh, your alma mater, UC Irvine, in that last comment. BYU Volleyball plays at UC Irvine Wednesday and Friday. Yes, Do you Steve. have conflicting feelings about this matchup? <laughs> no. First of all, I don't know anything. I mean, I know UCI has a good volleyball program, but I don't have any connections to that program, but I do have connections to BYU. My favorite experience at BYU was going to the volleyball games, and there was more energy and excitement there. But I, I, I loved UCI. It was perfect for me. It's perfect for my wife. And Newport Beach in that area has become really a part of our family and extended family's lives because we go down there every summer. So I, have, I, I love UCI. And uh, I love their hoops team. They're doing some good things as well. But I got no connection to the volleyball team. So uh, I hope that uh, BYU continues to play at the elite level they are. But that, that's, that maybe is the best fan experience can't be where you're not taking anything away from basketball or football, but in terms of just a sure fan experience, volleyball has kind of nailed that thing. And and you were here in '99 when BYU had its best team yeah. and won the Natty, the first one. Exactly, and it, it was incredible. I'd never seen anything like that, and uh, it's just so fan friendly for the students, and it's continued to be that fact. When I was back a year or so ago, we went to a volleyball match with some friends, and uh, it was it was fantastic. So. They've got special things going on with men's and women's volleyball there, so always fun to, to see that. So, Coach, great to catch up with you. Here's to a BYU road sweep uh, in volleyball and in basketball. Yeah, that, that would uh, – I'll tell you what, for the hoops team, that would be a huge thing in terms of, of still playing for a, a conference championship and still playing for meaningful games in the NCAA tournament. I mean, it keeps them in the mix, and you're right, getting that double bye – would be a really, really good thing for BYU and for everybody that supports them. You bet. Great to talk to you, Coach. See you guys. Steve Cleveland on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. What Steve didn't mention is that uh, he had this long, flowing hair in college, so UCI was the spot. He couldn't have done that at BYU. Yeah, we've you know we've put saying? that picture out on the show a you know few times. Maybe Steve, we should do it again today. Steve and that hair were way better in Southern California, let's be honest. Coming up, where is BYU in the latest bracket college? And where did... One of BYU's all-time great runners, Jared Ward, finished in a race of over 13,000 runners. How's that possible? This is BYU Sports Nation. That's impossible! Thursday, as my dad would say, Kaylee Smiler and the women's basketball team hosts San Francisco in a West Coast Conference matinee game, 1 Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the BYU TV. He is Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. Not Jerome and not Spender. Depends on the mood. 
but yeah, that's that's yeah. probably true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that in mind, let's keep it rolling and whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. Espen's Joe Lenardi has BYU as a 10 seed in his latest bracketology, playing LSU in Tampa. Gonzaga still one seed, St. Mary's down to an 11. Football. Pro football focus ranks center James Empey as the 10th best offensive lineman and left tackle Brady Christensen as the 20th best overall lineman <laughs> in a list of the top college linemen. Wow. As a group, the Cougars graded out as the 12th best overall offensive line in 2019. Cougars in Pro Hoops. Kyle Collinsworth and the Salt Lake City Stars took down the Texas Legends, 112-111, thanks to 11 points, 12 rebounds, and 5 assists from KC in the NBA G League. Volleyball. BYU men's volleyball stays at number two in the latest ABCA coaches poll. Behind only Hawaii. The Cougars play at number five UC Irvine Wednesday and Friday. Hey, where'd you go on your mission again? Chile. Hawaii. Tennis. The men's team plays number 66, Old Dominion, in Norfolk, Virginia, today. <laughs> well, number six, I love that they ranks, have rankings. Tennis rankings are amazing. We should have football, but it's Sagarin. It's like, hey, number 72, Toledo. We should do Taking that. on 42, BYU. <laughs> Track and field. Jared Ward, Mr. Marathon, finished 11th overall out of 13,000 participants at the Houston Half Marathon. With a time of one hour, one minute, 36 seconds, Rory Linkletter finished very high as well. Yes, he uh, he ran uh, 101.44, the fastest Canadian on the court and uh, course, and 16 seconds off the Canadian record. Let's so go. Rory, Rory's not a marathon guy. He's becoming that, like post-BYU. It's been a year since he was here. Um, excited for Rory Linkletter yeah. to represent Canada. Very cool. Yeah. And I know that Jared Ward and Ed Ison have been a huge part of developing Rory into that next stage. So Yeah. yeah. And Rory's going to Rory, you know? He's got a fun, unique, big <laughs> personality. So it's great. We love it. Our question of the day. What was the best game of the 2019 BYU football season? Idaho State. It was on BYU TV. Said no one. April Chessman Kerstich on Facebook says, best game for me? At Rocky Top. The Cougs showed their grit, heart, and spark of talent to shock the volunteers. Sure made me hopeful for the rest of the season. Yeah, that was an exciting game, no doubt. Here's the argument against Tennessee. The game itself was kind of boring till the end. Because there wasn't a lot of, yeah. At the end, it got, like, really good, right, for BYU. I think the USC game was a great game overall, just start to finish. There was a lot there. At Passer Ron B answers on Twitter. Beating Boise State with a third-string quarterback. Now, the third-string quarterback's a great point. Totally unexpected. Kalani Sitake was more involved with the defense, so we're told. It, yes. Hope we're, we're he takes over well. calling the defense. But it's not a calling. Or is it? <laughs> Hashtag BYUSN Twitter, Facebook. Sometimes and it feels like it, but it's not. Coming up, yeah. will the BYU offense be better next season thanks to a highly rated O-line? And a BYU football signee earns Polynesian Bowl honors. What could that mean for his playing time in the very near future? Oh, snap. This is BYU Sports Nation. Really? Really? We're going there? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Men's Hoops continues its pursuit of the NCAA tournament in league play Thursday against Pacific on the road. Coverage begins at 10 Eastern on BYU Radio with the pregame at 9 Eastern. Welcome back to the show. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. It is time that we welcome back a man who has successfully ventured across the seven seas and paraded down Bourbon Street as well. He's back from vacation, fresh rested, ready to go. Ben Bagley, 
Welcome back. It's great to be back. It's also a lot colder to be back. Yes. Is yes. it great to be back? Hey, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think we should play Buy, Sell, or Hold, man. Presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. Learn more at Bodyguards.com. Ben, what do you have for us fresh off your New Orleans trip? Well, first off, Buy, Sell, or Hold. BYU's offensive being more potent next season because of the O-line. Uh, hold? Holding? Uh... <laughs> Based on what I outlined in the uh, in what's trending, yes, Bureau had a good offensive line. I'm surprised by these numbers. I'm surprised by these ratings. Bureau plays a tough schedule, and uh, if BYU is going to be a really good offense, I th- think it's more than just this. Yes, hold. It's on the quarterback, my friends. Holding on the quarterback. It's the court. The quarterback plays such a significant role in football at the highest of levels, college, NFL. If BYU has excellent quarterback play next year, behind a great offensive line could be a special season. The offensive line can only do so much. They can't make the throws. They can't make the decisions. So I'm holding on this. It's on the quarterback more to me. Holding is appropriate. Number two. All right. Speaking of quarterbacks, buy, sell, or hold Sojay Mayava, who was the Polynesian Bowl offensive MVP over the weekend, playing in a game next season for BYU. Bye, he can Richard. Play four games. Yeah, he's coming in against North Alabama, and he's kneeling it out. <laughs> he's going to play. Yeah. Hopefully he yeah. gets to do more than just kneel it out against North Alabama live on BYU TV, probably. Well, BYU will have three guys ahead of him, probably. BYU has three non-seniors come back. Yeah, he'll he'll see some snaps playing a game or two. Why not? Yeah, I'm buying that. Hopefully he doesn't play at all. That would mean that BYU's three quarterbacks are healthy. And he's completely rich. This is also true. Number three. Buy, sell, or hold. BYU hoops going 3-0 in the next three games. At Pacific, at USF, and at home versus Pepperdine. I think I'm buying this. I'm confident that BYU has the proper sense of urgency and preparation with seven seniors with a coach who's saying the right things. I think BYU's doing the right things, which is more important than saying it. I buy this. I think BYU's going to win the next three. We didn't go four on this because of St. Mary's. It's the that trio that we talked about that's a little tricky. Pacific, San Francisco, Pepperdine. Mm. I'm, I'm going to buy this. And the toughest game for me was the one at Pacific. But because BYU is coming off of a loss against Gonzaga, refocus, re-energize, all hands on deck. They know how important this game is. I like their chances at Pacific. San Francisco's not as good as they were last year. And Pepperdine at home, I'm, I'm giving BYU a win. BYU's not going to lose to Pepperdine in Provo. Right. So I am buying this. I was a little hesitant with Pacific because BYU is refocused after Gonzaga. Yeah, I like this. Next. Buy, sell, or hold. BYU still worthy of a single-digit at-large NCAAC. Bye. Uh, Lenardi... Has BYU's a 10, but it's just barely, and it's Sunday play-induced, uh, at least as of t- last Tuesday. Uh, or, sorry, Friday. I think it's by. What has BYU done to not deserve single digits at this point? I think BYU's still in that area and uh, is okay, but they're kind of sitting on the fence a little bit. If BYU goes 4-0, they're, they're single-digit seats squarely. Yeah, I'm a hold on this until BYU wins at Pacific and at San Francisco. If BYU wins the next two road games, then I am definitely buying the Cougars as a single-digit seed. at this moment? No, I'm a, hold, I'm a hold. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I think the 10 is probably fair right now. So BYU has some work to do to get back into that single-digit category. I'd rather be a 10 than an 8 or 9. I would rather be an 11 
then an eight or nine. To have a chance to play a six, yes. then a three. Yes. To hold off on the ones and twos until you absolutely ones have to play twos. them. Yeah, yeah. that second round game. But a three, you can maybe take, right? Okay. Next. Buy, sell, or hold. Andy Reid having bacon on his celebratory cheeseburger. <laughs> oh, bye. This isn't a regular season win. This was to get to the Super Bowl. You were loading that baby up. The deluxe version of whatever cheeseburger he got. Absolutely bye. <laughs> I'm holding because I think he would have said bacon cheeseburger. He just said cheeseburger. Maybe mm. he's not. Maybe he's just a mm. plain cheeseburger guy. Mm. He's pretty simple. straightforward. I think he would have said bacon if it were on it. So I'm holding on that. You think he got like some... Like up in the mustache a little bit, just a little crumbles up in there. He should have had 54 <laughs> cheeseburgers, one for uh, each of the 54 Super Bowls, for crying out loud. 54, really? <laughs> wow. Next. Spencer, does Andy Reid look like a guy who doesn't put bacon on his cheeseburger? <laughs> I didn't want to go there, Ben. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying the guy's got clean. You look, obviously, that's a cheeseburger connoisseur. Well, you got a double bacon double on it. at In and Out doesn't have bacon on, and that's still a hearty cheeseburger, that's huh? Like the best cheeseburger around. Right. Okay. Last one, buy, sell, or hold. This year's footwear for BYU baseball. Ooh. One gajillion percent buy. This is glorious. These are some really, really dope cleats for BYU baseball. They put them out. Oh. Oh, these are amazing. I love these. I am, I am stoked to see BYU baseball in these. You got some royal blue. You got some navy. You got some all whites. Kind of a uh, slash through the middle, half white, half blue, all white on one. Some gray mixed in there. Woo! These are nice. Yeah, the uh, the gray ones are probably my favorite. I don't know how I feel about two tones. I got to see them with the uniforms. Typically, I'm like, if BYU's in white and royal, I want to see all royal cleats. I don't know. I like the solidarity of that. So I, I like the gray ones, but I'm I'm kind of a hold. I, I got to see what they look like in full uniform before I'm all in on the buy. All right. Okay. Good for you. <laughs> that's that's great. <laughs> hey, I trust my fashion sense, okay? Coming up. You got to see it with the whole outfit. Uh, yeah, absolutely. For you. Yeah. <laughs> Coming up, who among you has the elite voice of the day? And why Ant-Man loves Dirty Dan and the Kansas City Chiefs. This is BYU Sports Nation. For a life worth living. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. As a friendly reminder, subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. You can download the free apps, BYU TV and BYU Radio. Okay, let's update today's live poll and dive into some more of your responses. Weigh in on the live poll going to vote.byutv.org and voting on this question of the day. What was the best game of the 2019 BYU football season. We gave you two options based on what ESPN put out in their list of the top 100 college football games in the 2019 season. They had BYU-USC at number 93, BYU-Tennessee at number 92, and right now, 63% of the vote going with USC. I shouldn't be that surprised because home game, and that was against a ranked team, and so more BYU fans were able to experience that game Live in person, I think. Yeah. Well, you watch it on TV, whatever. Yeah. However you experienced it, right? Yeah. 
Yes, I'm just saying like it, that there were more BYU fans at the USC game in Pro Bowl than there were BYU fans would, in Tennessee. I would, I would hope so. <laughs> yeah, by about 50,000 more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and every one of them has voted. So. <laughs> I'm sure they have. I'm sure they have. Every single one. Wipe that snark off your face, at 10:51 Mr. In the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. What was the best game of the, the 20, 2019 season? Isaac.Kimball01 on Instagram says, for me it was Tennessee since I was there. But overall, Boise State, 100%. They could have been in the conversation for the playoff if BYU hadn't beat them. By playoff, you mean New Year's Six, not the playoff. Yes. Um, yeah. They, no, not conversation. They would have been the team. They would have been the team. They would have been the team. Not Memphis. BYU cost them millions of dollars. Baylor Romney's right arm cost Boise State mm. millions mm. of dollars. And by the way, Boise State is not pleased with the current TV contract that they have in place with the Mountain West Conference. Been there, done that, boys. Mm. Craig Thompson. What does it mean for the future of Boise State football? I wouldn't be shocked if they were indie, by the way, at some point. You think they have enough uh, clout and fanfare to go it, independent? The, what, what was the key for BYU to go independent? ESPN, right? Well, the, then they have... Boise State has a separate ESPN deal. No, this is true. Right? So, I... I could see that if Boise, Boise State is a powerful enough entity with its football program that they could negotiate from a point of leverage, in my opinion. And they did initially when they came into the league. They thought that BYU might be going to the Big East. They thought that might be a thing. They bounced officially, signed the paperwork, had to pay a fee when they got out of it, and then went to the Mountain West. The Mountain West is a perfect spot for Boise State. If I'm Boise State, I don't do what BYU did, which is uh, – try and get bigger and better per se, because what has Boise State done? They've done what BYU did in the 80s. Yes. You, you play uh, in your league, you dominate it, you win a game or two outside of it, and then you're in a, the top 20. BYU's trying to do what it didn't do to become BYU, which is expand the schedule. and the, the, Like, it's not working for BYU. It's not. We're sitting here on uh, one 10-win season in the last decade, BYU, for the first time since the 60s, didn't finish ranked in, in the AP poll at the end of the year. Like, it's working financially, yes. Access, exposure, yes. What I care about the most is wins, and that's not working for BYU. Recruit better. It's not working. Boise State's not going independent. If anything, I think they, would jump, they, are. they would jump conferences. They could. If anything. They would probably jump conferences, but there's where, so much where, red where tape. Where are they going? There. The American? Yeah, sure. There's so much red tape. Geographically, in that. that's just weird. Unless yeah. they now are able to pull in some other teams with them. Now it's the 16 team whack, and that didn't work either. And <laughs> unless you're a Power Five league, I don't think, think a 16 team league's going Twitter to told me that a 16 team American is a very likely scenario. <laughs> and Twitter also says there's a West Virginia dude that knows everything about expansion. The dude in West Virginia. Yeah, what, just some, some dude in West Virginia. West Virginia! <laughs> At Elko Cougar on Twitter answers our question of the day as we get back to the best game of the 2019 BYU football season. Tough call, but living in Idaho surrounded by Boise State fans, <laughs> beating the Broncos was pretty sweet. Sure. And at their own game with trick plays. I could see how you, you could argue that Boise State was the best game. I, I can see that. Third string quarterback, 2-4, and four, national TV, rainy Saturday night. Who the heck is Baylor Romney? This walk-on trickeration, Matt Bushman's best game. That was fun. They beat a ranked was, Boise State team. That was really fun. And uh, Boise State ends up being 12-2. and two. I, I have to look this up. That might be the most wins uh, from an opponent that BYU beat in a season ever. 
Has BYU ever beaten a team that won 12 games? Ooh. Because back in the day, they didn't play. They play like 11 or 12 total, right? Now Boise State plays 12. Mm. Okay. That was a great win. At Nate Dunno 2 on Twitter, the USC win. In the end, felt sweeter and more rewarding. They beat some really good teams, and BYU beat them, so it helped BYU's resume a little. Yeah. What? Re- resume for what? Like, I, w- I, w- I wish that that existed. I like the idea. Uh, We've talked about it. USC is a big win because of the brand. It's USC, man. National championships, tr- uh, Heisman Trophy winners, all those four stars. They had, like, 54 stars. Yeah. It's, like, three. How did BYU win that game? They had a great game plan. They executed that game plan. Zach Wilson made clutch plays. It was a great day. Elite Voice of the Day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at Pask underscore Pask BYU on Twitter. When Diane Gongwoliku picked off Keaton Slovis in overtime to win the game against USC and the whole stadium erupted, that felt pretty good. Two overtime victories in two weeks is special. That was very special. Tennessee, USC, that both was, overtime. That was awesome. Today's rise and shout outs now. Jeremy, you're up first. Mine goes to James Empey, 10th-ranked uh, player in the country according to Pro Football Focus. James has been a consistent and really quiet anchor to that BYU offensive line and this offense. Exciting to see that he is getting noticed for it, and perhaps he's underappreciated by us here. The 10th best offensive lineman in the country. Returning. Wow. According to Pro Football Focus. Okay, my rise and shout-out goes to Ant-Man. Paul Rudd, who is standing with Daniel Sorensen's brother Cody on the field after the Chiefs wrapped up the AFC championship. And a lot of you have seen the meme. Hey, hey, look at us. Who would have thought, thought we were here? Not us. So they reenact that, and then Paul Rudd goes the extra mile and says, Dirty Dan! <laughs> Dirty Dan! Yes, Ant-Man loves Daniel Sorensen. And I love that. Our thanks to today's guest, former BYU basketball head coach Steve Cleveland. Thanks to uh, everyone that participated in the show today, except for Dennis Pitt. I know it's time for you. Continue to weigh in on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Use hashtag BYU. Or Jeremiah Spencer. Shout out to Victor Batista. Nice. See you tonight for nice. BYU basketball with Mark Pope on the BYU TV app, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. Go Cougs!